Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. They're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. Okay, so we're joined by Jared Dickinson, a country star and someone that I think is absolutely fantastic, a great storyteller uh, in music terms. Jared, thank you so much for joining us. How is it in lovely Nashville, Tennessee? <laughs> it's uh, it's sunny outside, believe it or not. It's, uh, it's often not the case here. It rains more than one would expect uh, for for a nice place in the south, but uh, but it's a beautiful day out there. Oh, excellent! And how's everything with the with the lockdown and the horrid uh, virus over there? I mean, is it okay in Nashville? Have they put many restrictions in place? Um, you know, everything is pretty much on lockdown here too. It's it's not quite to the extent of of uh, you know some of the bigger cities like New York or London. Uh, they were a little a little slower to react um than i think some of us would have liked um but uh you know people seem to be doing all right um i think everything but essential businesses have shut down here yeah um, which is the same the world over really yeah. um but uh you know aside from a few people who are who are um calling doomsday on it i think most people are <laughs> really fairly supportive of 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 the measures that are being taken and and understand that it's for the best yeah exactly we've got to keep uh supporting each other stay home and stay safe um but but hopefully for the listeners is a great opportunity to escape for a short time and uh listen to our lovely chat so i met you back in 2017 uh in in a lovely place called nottingham uh you were supporting uh, the white buffalo and it was the first time that i I saw you perform. Um, yeah, that would have been at uh, Rescue Rooms, would it? That is a very good memory. Yeah, the Rescue Rooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how oh, that was that was a great gig. I remember uh, that whole tour with him was a, was an absolute blast. He he's a lovely guy and puts on a great show. He comes across as a, a very much a big teddy bear of a man. Um, yeah, <laughs> but what a what I a think- voice. Oh, absolutely. It's other otherworldly. <laughs> and I've got to say, before um, you know, I went to go and see the White buf- Buffalo, I didn't know who you were. And, uh, you know, I haven't been a massive fan of country music. I mean, the only thing before seeing you perform, uh, country to me was Garth Brooks or, uh, <laughs> you, you know, um, Luke Bryan and, and, and artists like that that I've heard of because sure. of obviously mainstream sure. country. I didn't realise how wide country was. Um, and then I can remember seeing you on stage and singing Rosaline, which has got to be one of my favourite songs uh, that you performed. Oh, wow. um, you know, so this is why I wanted to get you on the podcast. Normally I interview a few Hollywood stars, uh, but I wanted everyone to get a bit of a, a taste of uh, Jared, <laughs> a bit of a taste, <laughs> taste, taste of your music, uh, because I'm def- definitely a fan now. I've followed you since 2017. So mm. you, you were born in Texas in Waco, which um, 
if I remember rightly, you made a comment on stage uh, regard, regarding that. Uh, of obviously, there's a positive that's come out of Waco, which is you. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take but, that. So, growing up in te- Texas, how did you get yeah. into music? I mean, was music something you you've always wanted to do as a small boy? No, um, I, I came into it relatively late. To be honest, I, I didn't pick up a guitar until I was 18, um, just about to graduate from high school. Um, like uh, like most kids growing up in Texas, I was always outside playing sports and, and running around. And um, you know, my my upbringing was very much uh, of, of that ilk. Um, and and neither of my parents played any instrument whenever I was a kid. Um, but music was always a huge. Uh, a huge presence in our household. Um, you know, it was always playing if we were at the house or in the car. Um, and my dad's record collection was, was a pretty big part of my, my youth. You know, he was, uh, he was born in the fifties, grew up in the sixties throughout, you know, Beatlemania and the British invasion and, and all of the, uh, folk singer songwriters of the, of the sixties and early seventies. So that music was what I was brought up on. Um, and so it was a huge, huge part of my life, even though, um, it, it honestly just never really occurred to me that I could try to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was one of these things that, that other people did. And it was sort of this magic trick almost, you know, that, that here are these people up on stage and, and singing these songs and where did they get those songs? And, um, it was this big mystery and, and, you know, part of it still is to be honest. But, um, at that point in my, in my upbringing, um, it wasn't something that I ever considered as a, a viable career path. Yeah. I mean, when did, you, when did you buy your first guitar? Were you given your guitar or did you save up and buy it yourself? Uh, I was 18. Um, as I recall, I did spend my own money. My dad might argue that. Uh, <laughs> like dads do. Like dads do. They do. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel fairly certain it was my own cash that uh, that bought the guitar, but uh, but I'm I'm not going to say that's that's set in stone. And the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite song um, out of everything that you've you've performed? What's your favorite song to perform live? Oh wow, um, man, that's a uh, that's a tough one. It's like choosing your kids, <laughs> uh, favorite kids. I. Um, you know, there's a few, and it kind of depends on on the situation. You know, um, there's a duet that uh, that my wife and I sing together on stage called "Your Heart Belongs to Me," which is uh, always a, a really nice moment for us to to do together live. Which is um, which is a lovely song. And just a quick question yeah, on that: What is yeah. a dime store? I mean, I've been to America <laughs> plenty of times. I've been to Texas. I've been to Dallas and Fort Worth. And I've never heard anyone refer to a dime store because in the song, you call your wife mm. a dime store queen. I presume yeah. the song is about your wife. Um, well, uh, loosely, loosely based on uh, on our relationship, it wasn't necessarily um, completely autobiographical, but okay. um, <laughs> but yeah, I was certainly inspired by uh, by that. Um, a dime store, a dime store would be. Um, Oh gosh, uh, you, you've you've also heard them called like oh, 
it's not really a dollar store or a pound store or anything like that, but it's yeah. sort of, uh, in, in the, you know, forties, fifties, um, you would have had these shops that you could go in and everything was fairly cheap and, uh, and they sort of had everything that you could, everything that you could want. Um, it's, it's kind of funny. I've had several people over the years say, what are you doing? Calling, calling her a dime store queen. It's like, well, really calling her a dime store queen. It's, it's more, uh, more, you know, setting, setting the stage and, and painting the picture of, uh, of kind of normal plain everyday life. Not, it, it uh, could be, it, it could be worse. It could be a thrift store queen. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I'd get in trouble for that one. So you write and do you write and make all the music yourself or do you collaborate with anyone? Um, for the most part, it's, it's all, it's all on my own. Um, I, I do co-write with, uh, with a select few friends who are other singer songwriters, um, you know, and, and we kind of come at it from a similar perspective and, and set of influences. And, um, so every now and then I'll, I'll team up with a mate of mine and, and we'll hash through a song together. Did it this morning actually over the phone with, with a buddy of mine since we're not able to convene in the same room. Yeah. We, we just did a, a speakerphone writing session, um, but for the most part, it's it's uh, it's all just my own my own stuff. I mean, how how do you come up with these songs? Because I've got to say, you know, you know, af- after a hard day at work, you know, the great mm. greatest thing to relax me is the drive home listening to mm. your music. It's just so oh, wow. you know, the majority of it is is, is quite chilled. And I've got to say, you know, you get an impression in your head of relaxing back with a glass of whiskey, you know, mm-hmm. on on your back back garden or porch, and just chilling out and just just losing yourself in the store, you know, the stories of the songs. How do you actually come up with the process? I mean, do you know? Does the music come first, and then you write to the music, or is it a case of you write the story and then you put the music to it? It if you know everyone's different and and every song is different, but for me it tends to be um, the 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 story is always the center of it, and so I may not have the entire thing fleshed out, but um, at least the premise of the story or or a verse or two or or an idea of where I want um, this thing to go and who the characters are going to be, and um, it it all sort of begins there, and and once. Once there's something that sort of, um, sort of, you know, hits, yeah. then it all kind of comes together uh, simultaneously. But for me, it, it it has to start with with the story and and an idea of of what I want to say. You I know, mean, I mean, I've got to say, on Ready the Horses, your LP, there's a song on there mm. called "I Won't Quit," and mm. that is a deep song. That is a deep, <laughs> deep song, and I think well, that yeah. anyone can relate in some way or form of, yeah. you know, in the song, you know, you mentioned about making mistakes, but then yeah. obviously making up for that, you know, over time and and just, you know, every time you see, you know, her smile, um, you know, it just brings you to your knees, as they say, uh, on the... Uh, as you sang on the song, um, and it's very, very, very deep. I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, it's no, a pity thanks. that so, so much music out there is so electronic, so mm. uh, you know, full of beats and just lyrics is like yeah. a second thought, and it's quite sure. nice uh, to hear songs that 
you know, it is a story. It's fantastic. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, sort of how I approach all of it. You know, the the story and the sentiment um, has to be the leading factor. You know, you can have a you can have a great groove and a great feel and and, and a great melody, um, but if if there's no substance lyrically, then it, it's it's just not going to do a lot for me personally. So my own my own writing has to has to be centered around that. And and that song was very much um, autobiographical. Is probably <laughs> the most autobiographical tune on on the record. Uh, and and like many many people in relationships uh you know it's it's a it's a process and and it's and you're learning and um that one started from one of the many times that i you know put my foot in my mouth and said the exact wrong thing at the exact wrong time and and uh and uh you know tears soon came and and immediately you're saying oh i'm an idiot why did i say that um you know which i think is something most uh, most men can relate to. Um, we often put our foot, feet in our mouths, but um, yeah, it's it's about trying to trying to be uh, the best husband and best friend and and partner you can be, and, and knowing that it's not something that happens overnight, that it is very much a, a, a lifelong pursuit, and and that you keep growing together. And um, yeah, that's that's where that song uh, came from, and and hopefully uh, delivered. So talking about relationships, um, mm. on that song that you sang uh, with your wife, Your Heart Belongs to Me, which is beautiful, absolutely yeah. beautiful, um, how did a Texas man meet a girl from <laughs> Northern Ireland? Uh, because, uh, you know, it couldn't be any further, further apart. Is it clear, your wife, how, how did you actually meet? Yeah, uh, well, we met in Belfast. Um, I was performing in a songwriters festival that they have every year there called the Belfast Nashville songwriters festival. Um, and she was volunteering at the festival. She was working in advertising at the time and, um, was really just looking for something to do, uh, on the weekend. She was a big music fan. And, um, I think uh, another friend or two of hers were, were volunteering at this thing. So she decided to do it. And, she was taking tickets uh, for the gig that was happening before mine, and uh, and I arrived, uh, you know, a couple hours early. My brother, older brother, was with me on the trip, just for something something to do for him. And uh, we met Claire, um, asked her where we could leave gear and everything since we were pretty early. And uh, as we were walking away, my brother and me. Uh, I, I turned to him and said, man, that girl was gorgeous, you know, and didn't think anything of it beyond that. And, um, at the end of the night, they, uh, at this festival, they had, um, a little after party for all of the artists and all of the volunteers and just happened to bump into each other there. And we both kind of looked at each other and it was, Hey, you're the person from before, you know, and, um, and just hit it off and, and hung out until 4am that night. Um, wow. you know, she was drinking me under the table as all good Irish women do. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and same thing the next night, you know, we hung out again the next night and, uh, and it was pretty much an immediate thing. You know, we, uh, I, I had to move on and, and, and keep traveling. And, um, we were, we were dating from that moment on long distance. And we, we dated long distance from New York to Belfast for three and a half years. Um, you know, sometimes going, 
four or five months without without seeing each other but talking every day and, and writing to each other and you know thank god for skype and, and whatsapp yeah. and those things um yeah and been been married nearly five years now wow and did you know that she had such a good voice when you met her no actually um we we were dating for about a year before i knew that she could sing really you know it's 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 a process getting to to know anyone, but especially when you're three thousand miles apart. And uh, yeah, I remember one time she um, she was on a trip to to Brooklyn to visit me, and and we were in my tiny little two hundred and fifty square foot apartment, and I was playing guitar and singing something. I think it was a tune that I was trying to write at the time, and uh, and just out of nowhere, she starts singing a harmony to what I was playing. And, uh, and it just stopped me dead in my tracks and said, whoa, where have you been hiding that all this time? <laughs> and uh, yeah, from there, I, I started trying to coax her up on stage to, to sing with me, which was, which was a process. She was kind of hesitant to, to do it at first, um, but I, I would get her up there for you know a couple of tunes, and then the next time it'd be a few more tunes. And before we knew it, she was up there the whole set, and, uh, and it's just been that way since. Wow, it's just it's just like that movie Walk the Line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've got to say though, your 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 voices together go amazing. It's it's very complimentative complimentative. I don't know if that's a word. Yeah. They go together very, very nicely. <laughs> oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I I, I mean I, I love singing singing with her. It's a pretty cool thing that most uh, married couples don't get to do together, so it's a it's a pretty special thing. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I sing with my wife all the time, but I personally wouldn't put it on a record. <laughs> 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 to to be honest, enough. I sing more with 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 my daughters. Uh, I've got a six year old and a two year old, but okay. at the moment it's all frozen. So uh, do you yeah. want do you want to build a snowman? I've got that in the bag. <laughs> we've uh, we, we've got two. Well, we have we have nephews and nieces on on the, on my wife's side of the family. She has two brothers, and um, one of them has has two sons. The other has two daughters, and uh, both of the nieces are just um, in love with Frozen, and and uh, all they ever sing is is tunes from that. So we we know where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> the pain. So you tour a lot, um, you know, over the past what, three, four years, you've been tour- touring all over the place. I mean, what is it about touring that you like? Because you must like it to tour the amount yeah. that you have. Yeah, I do. I mean, it, it's it's twofold, I guess, in the, the way the industry is now. Um, if, if you're a, a an artist, a singer-songwriter, touring is your only chance at, at making a living so it's it's very much a a necessity to be on the road pretty much all the time um now luckily we enjoy it (laughs) so so we're fine with being on the road more than than being at home um but yeah i mean i've been touring uh I, i really started touring uh in 2010 so i've i've been on the road pretty much nonstop for for a decade and uh and have no intention of slowing down. And which is your fav- favorite venue that you've performed at? Oh man, um, there, there's a lot of them. Um, there's one in Belfast actually that I that I really love called the Empire, the Empire Music Hall, um, which was an old church and uh, and for a long time now has been a, a music venue, um, and it's very 
uh, almost vaudevillian inside a, a really cool unique stage and a beautiful bar and yeah uh, love love playing there we've we've been lucky to play some really stunning theaters on on support tours um we've opened for for bonnie Raitt in the uk and don mclean and the water boys and played some really stunning rooms uh across the uk like symphony hall in birmingham and played the palladium in london with with don mclean which was really special um so yeah it, it it sort of depends what what you're after but we've been fortunate to to play a, a lot of really nice rooms of of various sizes i mean anyone in the uk uh will have a chance to see you uh towards the end of the year because uh, mm. a, lo- a lot of your gigs got uh rescheduled because of what's yeah. what's hap- happening um so you're performing alongside another uh is it ford uh dave is it david ford David Ford, yeah, he's yes. he's a good friend of mine. Um, he's he's really kind of the reason that I I um, have a following in the UK, or at least or at least what got me started there is um, he was playing a show in Philadelphia in 2012, I think it was, um, and I opened up that show for him, and and we just kind of hit it off and became friends. And then he was touring the UK. Um, he's from Eastbourne. He's he's a native of of Eastbourne. Um, and he was doing a UK run, uh, that next spring. And I just hounded him until, uh, until he agreed to let me come and open the tour. (laughs) And, uh, I think we did 15 shows across the UK and, and that was really where I kind of got the, um, the core of my early fan base over there. I, I immediately booked another tour of my own coming back, just playing the smallest room that I could find in in all of those cities. And, you know, had 20, 30, 40 people at, at most of the gigs, which was amazing for me. Um, and have really just kept building on that. Um, and, and he's been a really good friend over the years. And, um, we, yeah, we, we decided that, uh, we wanted to hit the road together again, as we've done several times in, in, in the past. And, uh, and we decided to do a, um, uh, a tour called the showdown where we, uh, we're going to be on stage together and and sort of a a boxing match of of songs, if you will. Ike's and a bit like Billy Joel and Elton John, and the jewel, that's it. and the like dueling that. pianos. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. Oh, that's so. Awesome. Um, I, you, you know, the, the country scene in the UK has become mm. so much more popular over the last three. Um, you know. Quite, quite quite a few years with uh, yeah. bands like the Shires and um, there's an artist called Twinny that's becoming very very popular in the UK. Okay. Um, yeah. Why, you know, in your view, why do you think it's become, you know, it's had that boost in the UK because there's hell of a lot more country being seen. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. Um, the, you know. Part of it for me is I think in the UK that the, they use the word country fairly loosely, um, and it's and it's a lot more inclusive. Uh, you know, over here I I wouldn't be considered a country singer um, at all, really. Uh, you know, a folk singer or Americana is a term that gets thrown thrown around a lot. Um, but in the UK, it seems like all of the kind of rootsy genres, whether it's you know rock and roll like the band or um you know blues or folk or all of these things just kind of get lumped under the 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 country umbrella yeah uh 
And, and I think because of that, because there aren't these sort of hard, um, hard lines that, that define what the music is, uh, pe- people are more willing to, to just listen and see if they like it. Whereas here, a lot of the time you'll get people that say, Oh, well, I, I don't like country. I like folk music or I don't like folk music. I like rock and roll or I, you know, yeah. and really song to song, record to record, um, that there might be a dozen genres within one single album. Uh, you know, Ready the Horses is very much like that. There's blues in it, there's soul in it. Yeah, um, that's that's what I was going to me- mention because from the Lonesome Traveller uh, mm. to Ready Ready the Horses, there is a change, there is a change, um, you know, and then your EPs, you know, under a Texas sky and, and you know, there is there is a change. Do you feel feel yourself changing, you know, sort of, you know how you're going in direction wise with each ep and lp yeah well I, you know i think every artist evolves and 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 should evolve you know you shouldn't make the same record twice what's no. what's the point um and and for me um you know the lonesome traveler was very much a, a, a folk record very much a storytelling record um and at that time in my life i was traveling around uh the u.s and and elsewhere on my own one guy with a guitar singing folk songs, you know? So that's, that was sort of my reality at the time. And, and, uh, but my influences are, are anywhere from, you know, the, the folk singers of the sixties, like Paul Simon, uh, Bob Dylan, that kind of stuff all the way up to, you know, the Beatles and the stones or Tom Petty and Neil Young or, uh, Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and, all the great soul stuff that came out of stacks and muscle shoals. And, and so uh, a, a lot of that stuff seeps into different songs as, as a song is kind of coming together and, and it, and it has an identity. Um, you just sort of let that lead the way as, as far as what genre uh, it falls under. And as a result, it's a pretty mixed bag for me, um, which is how I prefer it. You know, all of my favorite records, uh, every song's different and, and, and I don't really understand having a record where every song sounds the same. You know, if you listen to, to Abbey road, they've got everything you could want on yeah. that one album. You know, or if you listen to a Tom Waits record, every song is very different or, or a Paul Simon record. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I, 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 I try not to really think too much about what, what genre I am because it, it really just depends on the tune. Yeah. Uh, what's your opinion on uh, these movie stars that are getting into music? <laughs> so you've got yeah. you've got Keith Sutherland. Um, oh, yeah. To be honest, I've seen Keith Keith Sutherland twice now, and yeah. I I actually quite like it. I I think yeah. the song songwriting is fantastic, and sadly, you know, he's just, he's, he's just lost his mum, uh, which is very sad. No, I don't know. And yeah. um, you've got Kevin Costner as well, which I didn't realise um, that he was he was a country singer, and he's. No, I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of them. Um, you know, Billy Bob Thornton. I know he's got a kind of rock and roll band. Um, uh, a few years ago, Hugh Laurie put out. Uh, oh, he's awesome, Hugh. Oh, he's uh, amazing. He's a, yeah. Oh, fantastic piano player. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a tricky thing, and and you, uh, it, it's a it's there's a fine line there because there there are some um, 
some that you see do it and you say, oh, this is just an actor vanity project and that's all it is. And then there are some like Hugh Laurie, who has been a lifelong uh, piano player and, and very easily could have taken that path had he chosen to take that path. And um, uh, yeah, it, it, it depends on depends on the person, I suppose. Um, I, I, I don't really have a problem with it. Um, <laughs> for the most part I, w- I won't say that i that i uh avidly listen to uh to any of them but but then maybe i should you know yeah. we we saw Cooper, um we were both playing black deer fest uh two years ago i think it was um and and they sounded great you know he had a great band behind him and yeah. uh you know he certainly knows how to how to uh play the part on stage so i just uh, i just i just think at times i think that artists like like yourself that have really worked at their trade as they say um and are doing all these gigs and obviously you love you love the music you know from what you've said you will play in a room of 30 to 40 people you know that 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 is a true musician that is doing it for the love um Mm. and then you get these um you know these movie stars that literally you know they they pack out these big rooms and probably oh, yeah. 90% of the people are there because you know they like their films or t- tv this oh, is yeah. this is where i was ple- I mean, I... pleasantly surprised with keith keith Sutherland because the music was mm. actually all right and the musicians were amazing uh, yeah. that that he had um so so yeah but what is next for you what are you working on obviously it's locked down what can we see mm-hmm in in the near future from from you in in the way of new music sure um well there's a few things uh so ready the horses um it's it's been a long old road uh getting that released here in the u.s it was it was released in the uk in 2017 yeah um and it came out on deca uh which is a part of universal um and it was meant to be a worldwide release but as as those things often go uh (laughs) <laughs> the the whole label experience didn't um didn't quite work out and and uh you know they didn't fully hold up their end of the bargain um and so we've been working the last few years to to get it released over here which is finally happening um in may it'll come out on the 22nd of may here and the first couple of singles have already come out um so it's nice to get that out to the rest of the world um you know, for for me, the record is fairly old at this point, but it's it's one that I didn't want to give up on either. Yeah. Uh, and so it's it's nice that that's finally kind of getting its day in the sun. Uh, that said, I'm ready to make another record. Um, I've I've been been writing for the last couple of years, and uh, and have have been writing even since we've been in quarantine. Um, so hopefully. Uh, Maybe later this year, if we're lucky, we'll we'll get into a studio and and make the next one. That's certainly the goal. That's awesome. And currently, people can actually see you on your Facebook page, um, and also in- yeah. and Instagram if you're if you're lucky. Because apparently, you was having problems the other night uh, with yeah, Instagram not yeah. working. <laughs> Instagram, I think it was just overloaded because the whole world is on it right now. But um, yeah, it, it kept cutting out uh but yeah every thursday um at one o'clock nashville time uh seven o'clock in the uk we are doing um basically an hour-long 
concert from right here in our house called Concerts for the Quarantined. Awesome. And, <laughs> yeah, tune tune in, everyone. Come come and hang out. We're uh, you know we we miss touring and miss playing gigs, and I know everybody's sitting in their houses going stir crazy. So I, I think it's a nice thing for for everyone involved, and uh, and we're very grateful for anyone that tunes in. Now, you know what? It's fantastic, and and it's great seeing you know artists like yourself um, sharing, you know, sharing mm. the love and and getting people involved, uh, and also ready the horses you you can get now in the UK and obviously in the states for all our listeners. Because believe it or not, you know, forty mm. percent of our lis- listeners are all over the US, from Alabama yeah, to California. And it's crazy. It really is. So May time uh, is your time to shine with Ready the Horses. Jared, it's been a pleasure um, talk, talk, talking to you. Definitely, you know, after I, I listen to your music majority of days uh, to chill out and relax. Is there any chance of being able to play one of the tracks at the end of the pod- podcast for people? Or is that not allowed? Yeah, oh, um, well... Who cares if it's allowed? I'll send you one. <laughs> <laughs> and which track would you like to uh, for us to listen to? Uh, well, well, I'll send you one that's um, it's a single uh, that's out here and is obviously out in the UK uh, called "Way Past Midnight," which is another one of our favorites to uh, to play and was was a favorite um, on the record for us to, to to record. So I'll I'll send that one your way, and you can uh, prove awesome. out to that. That is fantastic. Jared, thank you so much. Keep safe. And all, and all our you. love from the uh, Garner family here in the UK to you and your lovely wife. And keep safe. Thank you so uh, much, Jared, for the opportunity. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. There's a sound coming up from the street Rhythm of shuffling feet In time with the streetcars And the buzzing of neon It's sounding like a song Way past midnight In the early morning Well, the clock on the wall says one This night is just swaying gonna dance until the dawn way past midnight in the early morning oh way past midnight hanging around like the moon oh way past midnight ain't going down soon
Well, I think I see morning light No, this can't be the end of the night She fell asleep and I can't find my keys I think this happened once before Way past midnight Oh, way past midnight Oh, way past midnight In the early morning Oh, way past midnight Hanging round like a moon to be more super the podcast it was kind of a crazy fun experience i love the show guys you're awesome listen my whole family loves it man if you enjoyed this episode be sure to hit the subscribe button and share it with your super friends my world it means hope